And I originally had a nicer bit planned for this week, but American Carriers. So, you know, I I originally got this new microphone. I wanted to talk about it, do some audio samples. I even was going to go on like a a me rant about how I'm doing some weird network stuff to get the Xbox showing on a different device. You know, like I had a very, you know, a, a classic me segment, you know, I'm Christian, by the way, a very classic me segment. But I woke up on Wednesday and my phone carrier is visible. So Visible is a prepaid uh, carrier owned by Verizon. They look at this $25 unlimited plan. The downside is they use like some cloud management software where you weren't connecting to Verizon's towers directly. You're connecting to like their cloud service, which would then talk to Verizon's towers. It's apparently a cost-saving move, which is how they got the price so low. Issue being, that would bring up really high latency. Like it was normal even on like ultra-wide 5G. What, what What's the thing from the Apple keynote we used to make fun of? Ah, shit. The... uh whatever that joke is um 5g it's just 5g but it, it would, yeah. you'd get like latency of like 150 milliseconds which is bad in general like even, regardless of speed that's just that 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 sounds like 3g latency that sounds like like the 5g shouldn't have it like this this is the thing like as the generations of cellular data has like gone from 3g to 4g to 5g one of the things that has gotten better is latency right latency to the nearest like end point like 3G is like really bad latency. It's like 200 milliseconds or whatever, right? Like that's the problem with 3G is like it's just slow and also high latency. Like if you're getting 150 milliseconds on 5G, I feel like there is uh, there's something wrong with the network. It's just like broken. Well, that's why they that's why they made their change this week because they rolled to a new infrastructure where it talks directly to Verizon's towers. With that, did come a five dollar price increase, or you could if you wanted the UW stuff, the that good old ultra wide band, you'd have to pay fifteen dollars more. For me, I was like, you know what, five dollars more a month for for better latency. That because I saw some speed tests, people are like, it's twenty, thirty milliseconds now for latency, which for cellular is perfectly fine. So I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and upgrade, and let we now have to pause for a moment and talk about eSIM. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, eSIMs. E-SIM. This carrier is eSIM only. I'm actually a big big proponent of eSIM because if your primary line is eSIM. It allows you to just pop in a local SIM card wherever you go. Because while I know in some parts of Europe and especially Asia, a lot of phones are dual SIM. In North America, most of Europe, that's not the case, right? Most phones are single SIM. But iPhones and, and Android phones do support dual SIM with eSIM, two eSIMs, or eSIM and physical SIM. So right now, I actually use uh, my company pays for a line where I have a physical SIM in my phone and my personal line is just on an eSIM. And so them being eSIM is great. The issue is, I went to pay for this new plan, and the way eSIM works is the carrier takes your IMEI number, ICCID, MEID, EID, whatever number, and provisions it in their backend. So I went to upgrade to this new eSIM, and basically I would have to get a new one to install and then remove the old one I'm done, and I got unable to add cellular plan errors, which normally happens when the provisioning is wrong on the carrier side, and thus begin a four-day customer service hellhole where I did not have service in the meantime because service is on this new SIM and not my old SIM, which could not be installed to my phone. And part of Visible's pricing strategy is that they 
don't have humans. Well, they have humans, but it's just chat agents. Yeah. So they they don't have like stores. Like they're not actual stores. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So I, I'm nice to tech support people, but I, 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 in my head, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what this problem is. So I went into their chat. I'm like, Hey, I tried upgrading to this new plan. Can you just provision a new eSIM? But they can't. They, the, the chat agents are not literally not able to provision the new eSIM, right? They don't have the capability. Right. I don't know if they have the ability to. It was like one of those they just ignored my sentence and like, yeah, I'll help you troubleshoot this. Have you rebooted your phone yet? And I was like, oh, my apologies, my friend. I restarted, reset network settings, manually removed the old one, reinstalled the app, installed it again. And they're like, well, have you tried installing the SIM? <laughs> uh, that's always frustrating because it's like... <laughs> I was like, I was like, listen, I, I, I don't want to be mean. I was like, listen, I've done the troubleshooting here. My phone is fine because I currently have a T-Mobile line installed that is working perfectly. It's not issued cellular. Both networks would be down if it was, if I had like a bad cell modem. Can you just reprovision this? And so they're like, we need you to DM us a screenshot because their customer service tool on their website for their chat system does not take photo upload. Oh, my God. Really? Okay. And they're like, yeah, we have a, we have a ticket and that'll be resolved within four minutes, four hours, I should say. Of course not. End up being a day, I go back to them and they're like, usually you be patient. And then I was like, listen, I need, I, cause my watch was also broken because my watch was doing cell service through them. I cared less about my watch for more about my phone. I was like, listen, I, it's, I, I gave you money. Like I paid it a month for this. Can you just reprovision it? And after like half an hour of being, I wasn't rude per se, but I was like very persistent. They finally did it and I was able to get cell service working. The watch is still broken, but like, we'll put an escalation for that. And I'm like, whatever, that's fine. I don't. My watch is not the end of the world. Issue being, I wake up on yesterday, actually, and I get a text from like some like my nephew and people being like, hey, I'm trying to call you, see if you want to come over. And I'm like, you've been calling me? My phone hasn't rang. I make an outbound call on my phone. Call failed. It broke again. So part of the issue is because I, the, the spoiler, I ended up just moving to AT&T uh, <laughs> because I could have gone to Verizon, but because Visible's a Verizon sub-brand, M- Verizon actually thought my phone was already a Verizon phone. And I was like, I do not want to call customer service and have to deal with that hot mess. I, my head already hurts. Right. Just, just. So, so the thing you could do now is that you could, pro- you could probably go back to Visible and it'll be probably be fine. But like, I don't know if you want to deal with that again, because it's like, I mean, you're not on any contract with AT&T, right? Like it's not a contract. Or, uh, no, no, because I have my iPhone's unlocked. Yeah, so I can just go to whatever carrier I want. Okay, you could just go whatever, right? Like, like, like transferring number, porting numbers between networks is literally like takes like thirty minutes, like not even. Like, if the person on the other end just like it, like literally takes five minutes. Like I've done, I like I a few months ago I transferred carriers from like public mobile to Fido, um, and like the number, like I ordered a SIM, the SIM arrived, I put the SIM in. Uh, I call, I call the, uh, call the phone number, uh, to activate the SIM and the, and then the transfer the number. And they, it literally took like five minutes to transfer. So you can just transfer, if your phone is unlocked, like you can transfer whatever. Like the number is very portable. So you can just go back to visible, whatever. No, it's like, do you really? Right. But, but the thing is though, like I, my, that was such a sour experience. I don't think I want to, even for the low price. Because yes, I'm paying double, right? I'm paying like sixty something, just under seventy at AT and T right now. But I was of AT and T prior, actually. Like the uh, wow, we're going every. We go back to the bingo card. Windows Phone days here. I was on a postpaid plan of AT and T. Um, 
it's i mean i've never had like a bad experience with them i just left because i wanted to try other carriers and and the thing about going with t-mobile because my work line is on t-mobile is i just get like one bar of service at my house with it like i just don't get service for it in my area so i can't really just go ahead and and switch to t-mobile that's fair yeah does t-mobile do e-sims yeah all the u.s carriers the thing is prepaid carriers that are not owned by big carriers do not do eSIM. So the, the issue is being, um, there's like some FCC things where like only T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, RIP Sprint were authorized to use eSIM. And because Visible is owned by Verizon, they just hop on that infrastructure to do eSIM. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. I, like I, I, in Canada, I don't know which carrier. I think the big carriers do eSIM, uh, like Rogers, Bell, and Tavis probably do eSIMs, but their sub-brands don't. Like, you know, if you are on Fido, you don't get eSIM, right? Like I am. Like Fido is like a Ro- Rogers uh, sub-brand, like a cheaper brand of, of Rogers. And I know that you get, uh, you get, you don't get eSIM, which means you don't, you can't, you can't put like your watch on the cellular service because you don't do eSIM, right? So you'd have to like switch to the one of the big three to get eSIM on your phone and on, on activate cellular on your Apple, Apple watch. Yeah. And the thing in Canada, right? It's like, it's like what, $80 for like 10 megabytes of data or something like that? $80 is cheap. $80 is low. $80 is not even like, I don't even know what plans are. Like, on legit, bro. Like, I think they've gotten a little bit cheaper because carriers were panicking about losing subscribers during COVID. So I don't know, but prices might have just gone back up. So I, I don't know if, if like, I don't, I don't even want to look. I'm on fighter right now because I don't like, it doesn't really matter to me. I have like six gigabytes of data per month. That's fine. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, but it's like six, it's like $60 a month for six. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> 25 over here. If like, some of the <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, bro, it sucks. It's really, this is a cheap carry. So it sucks. It really sucks. And the thing I want to say as well, too, before we actually get to the show is I would have been fucked if I did not have dual sim, right? Like the only reason my iMessage and stuff could still work is because my, I had some kind of active phone line in it. And I like no one has no one has dual sim and really it is very useful though actually I having two phone lines is kind of dope it is it is very it is it is very useful but it's not in this part in this part of the world um because I think in in like other parts of the world where it's like physical dual sims like that's a different situation right like because in other parts of the world it's more about prepaid carriers prepaid carriers are huge in other parts of the world right like most people are on prepaid there's no like prepaid is very popular in like southeast asia like in in like india in like bangladesh uh like prepaid carriers are huge right so it's like people have multiple sim cards because they they switch between them right um so like that's easier. Like eSIM kind of complicates matters here. Right? Like eSIM is a little bit finicky, especially the provisioning isn't like fully like sorted properly on 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 the back end. Like that's that's it's kind of kind of shitty. And, and thankfully, at least with iOS 16, there's actually some eSIM improvements coming where I think maybe actually have fixed this. But yeah, no, it's uh fun fun times. And yeah, I was like actually checking right now. I'm getting a weird error on my side of AT&T. I'm trying to activate my watch, but I imagine it's because it's a new line that I just opened. But you know. At least this service works, I guess. And that's... Yeah. I At least the phone works, right? Like, the phone service, like, that's, like, as long as the phone service works, I'm, it's fine. Uh, so let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about VPN. Speaking about services that don't work. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> okay, I mean, let's... let's. I think VPNs are in the news specifically this year, uh, this year, this this uh, week, uh, because uh, there was a... A researcher rediscovered, like this was not the researcher. This is another uh, researcher, Michael Horowitz, uh, 
a, a data leak, uh, a traffic leak rather, a traffic leak in the iOS VPN system, basically like the, the networking stack in iOS, the way the VPNs work, it leaks some traffic. When you, when you are connected to a VPN that is supposed to route all outgoing traffic, right? So if you have, like, say, any commercial VPN, let's say you have, like, a Mulvad subscription, right? And you connect to your Mulvad VPN service, that is supposed to route all your traffic through the VPN. Like, all internet traffic is going to go through the VPN. What Michael rediscovered and what Proton VPN discovered back in 2020 is that some traffic for example, long-lived open connections, like connections to uh, Apple Push Notification Service, APNS, it, those do not get disconnected when the VPN is connected. So what happens is those connections stay connected over your cellular or your the, or the Wi-Fi network you're on. And that means that that traffic is not being routed through the VPN. It's going over the whatever connection you're on, like via cellular or Wi-Fi. So it is, uh, it is, it is, it is a leak, right? Like you, the, it's not working as the person who connected the VPN expected it to work. Uh, and this has been a known issue since 2020 because Proton VPN discovered it. And it's like, my my problem with this is that it's not that the OS is this is not malicious on Apple's part. I don't think. I think this is just how OSs work. It like like BSD networking stack or whatever is that if you have a VPN, what a VPN essentially does, just like top level overview for people, is it adds like a default route for all traffic through the VPN, which which routes all traffic through the VPN, but. Existing connections that were already open don't get disrupted in iOS, which means that they still use the old default route, which is through whatever network, cellular or or Wi-Fi. So, and, and to be clear, this only happens for consumer VPN apps. If you do it through MDM, it does not happen. Uh, let me actually drop in the link to that in the show notes here. But if you do it through MDM, it will not happen because you can do an MDM always on VPN that explicitly mentions it includes first-party apps. Okay. Um, so, so this is, this is a problem because the cut, like the person activating the VPN expects all traffic, like literally all traffic, all traffic to the internet to be routed through whatever VPN service they're using, right? Like if it's, if it is like a commercial VPN service or if you're using like a private open VPN or WireGuard server like I do, then, then, then that's what you, what your, what your traffic is going to be routed through. But if it is not, that means that some traffic is leaking through the, and the, depending on your threat model, that can be a problem. You know, you might not want to leak any traffic through, uh, through the, uh, through your, whatever network you're on. The network might be hostile for whatever reason. Um, so, so this has been on the news. Uh, Michael Horowitz did a talk, uh, talk at Hope 2022 about this. He did mention this at Hope 2022. He has a whole like blog post with like uh, traffic logs and stuff. You can we're gonna link it. You can go take a look. Um, and I, I just wanted to break this up, not just because of this leak, because the leak is not good, and I think Apple should fix. It. Apple should just Apple should just ch- tweak the VPN. API. So in iOS, for people who don't know, who are not iOS users, I imagine most of our listener base is actually Android users. So on, on iOS, there is a VPN API, right? There's, as a lot of things on iOS is restrict, very lockdowns. So on, there's a VPN API 
that every VPN app uses. It doesn't matter if you're using like a Mobads app or if you're using like the WireGuard app. It uses the VPN API, and that that VPN API, like you like the app sends the connection parameters and all that stuff to the API, right? And the API does the connections, and the API handles all of that, right? Like that, the API is sort of like the middleman between the OS network stack and the VPN app, right? Like many things in iOS. So the VPN, the VPN app is very restricted in what it actually can do by the API. So the VPN apps cannot actually reset the network stake entirely. That is all, all, all that is managed by iOS itself. So what Apple needs to do is to tweak the API to like whenever you connect or disconnect from a VPN, it's to, it needs to kill all existing long-lived connection, TCP connections, and restart, like have them be restarted through uh, through the just a, a question here would a reboot of the phone fix this issue then because that'd be one way to do it okay so the problem okay, the, i mean yes but also no like it's like it's complicated because the timing of it is weird well the problem is when you reboot ios it will not connect to the vpn immediately i don't so that's the problem so if the, if it, the problem is if it doesn't it doesn't connect to the vpn immediately after it after it gets that work the problem is that Apple push notification service is probably one of the first services to start, like network wise, right? So it will, if it if if it starts before the VPN, then it will connect over the cellular or Wi-Fi without the VPN. So it used back to the original problem of like traffic being leaked. So it's it, people have suggested airplane mode, and it has the same problem. Airplane mode doesn't uh, airplane mode actually doesn't disconnect all existing connections. Like it doesn't actually kill the sockets. Like in, on the back end, like in, in the networking stack, it doesn't actually kill the sockets. The sockets time out eventually, but they don't actually die. So if you like toggle airplane mode on and back off, it'll probably not work. Like it'll probably still be connected over, over the, over like cellular Wi-Fi without the VPN. So it is, it is, it is not great. And I think Apple should make this more consistent and work like as people expect it to, because right now people are like, I expect this to work a certain way and the OS is behaving a completely different way. And that is always like not a great situation for anybody to be in. Like, an Apple should really fix this. Like, this is kind of it's like at, at this point, I think there's been enough like public noise about it, and maybe uh, Apple will actually fix this. But who knows? Like, uh, Apple the, people have come out commented that people uh, I, Apple doesn't care too much about commercial VPNs. I mean, you also said this: like, Apple doesn't actually care too much about commercial VPN services. Like, they don't actually care. And the only reason the VPN like API exists is for com- like corporate VPNs, right? Like for your connecting to your corporate network. That's the reason like the, the VPN protocol, the VPN APIs exist is for that. Because you want to have MDMs and profiles and VPN profiles and stuff for for that reason. So Apple still has to support that, but they don't actually care about like commercial VPNs not actually doing what they're supposed to do. Because commercial well let me let me let me hold back. I'm gonna let you finish before I start snarking. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done. Let I'm me done. let I'm me done. let me know when it's okay for me to start no, snarking on, on this. You can go. You can go. Yeah. Okay. So I understand this is an issue. Like, like from a technical perspective, I understand the issue. I understand why it's problematic. But from a a non-nerd perspective, right? So I've read people like us, like, you know, we're probably, you know, you got your Raspberry Pi pie hole going. You might have another one, right? You might want to use it like a, you know, a local network VPN to route all your local traffic or all your like your remote traffic from your phone or laptop to through your local network because you already have firewalls set up and stuff. And that just makes it easier for you. Like, I understand that 100%. And of course, you use Apple Configurator per the link in there to try and MDM your device for that in case you're doing it yourself. It's not a security concern because I like a third-party profile. But 
For most people, VPNs are snake oil, and this is not the reason why, right? Like most regular consumers that are paying for this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN, are are not paying for it because they want all their routes, their all their all their specific DNS requests routed through. They think it's like they, they think it's like some some magic bullet to online security when a password manager is, but like it, it is I I am confident in saying that a VPN is has no place in an effective toolkit to protect yourself online. Because if you are worried about public Wi-Fi, just use cellular data. Uh, so so like there are like to that point, right? Like the reasons for using a VPN what the marketing says, like what the VPN companies market versus what it actually does is where the problem lies, right? VPNs market themselves as being privacy focused at their... Bro, bro, VPN marketing and mobile game marketing on YouTube, I don't know which one's more scummy. Raid Shadow Legends or Surfshark, take your pick for what's the terrible. Both, both. I think I, both of them are... Both of them are uh, pretty scummy, honestly. And I think the, the problem, like, okay, so let me explain what the VPN would actually be useful for day to day, for an everyday regular person, right? First, one big one is bypassing geolocation, uh, geofencing, rather. Like, if you have a service that's only available in a certain country or region, and you're not in that region right now, like, say you're traveling, say you're, you're traveling, you're in a different country and you want to use that service, right? So that is one reason to use a VPN. That is a perfectly legit reason to use your VPN because VPN will let you geolocate to another IP that will look as like you're in that country, right? So that is one reason to use a VPN. Another reason to use a VPN is if you have, if you're in a country or locale where your ISP is not trustworthy, as in it is ISP is doing se- active censorship or doing active man in the middle attacks, um, or active like like any any sort of active malicious ISP, right? Like if you're an active malicious network, then a VPN can help you exit the network in a safe in a safe way. The third reason to is public. I think public Wi-Fi sort of falls in the subcategory of a hostile network. Uh, one of the reasons you might use a like commercial VPN service is that you, you should have a feature to block all land traffic. So if you're at a public Wi-Fi network, especially more like you know like a conference, like you're at a coffee shop, and and the coffee shop's network, for example, it doesn't have layer, layer two isolation enabled, which means that. Anybody on the Wi-Fi network can contact anybody else on the Wi-Fi network, right? They all visit it's on the same layer two domain, so they can everybody can see each other if if, if the isolation is not enabled. So you can use a VPN for that if you if you're if you're often in public Wi-Fi settings and and you don't have cellular access, like I mean you said cellular access, but not all not you don't always have cellular. If you're in a building with bad cellular service, um, you might want to opt to use Wi-Fi. Uh, or if your cellular service is very expensive, like here it is in Canada, uh, you might opt to use public Wi-Fi instead of cellular just to save some bits. Uh, so that is one of the like one of the f- so question though here. Because given that all apps on iOS, right, they're all required to use HTTPS nowadays, right? I think, I'm pretty sure it's an app store requirement. Yes, I was I was yeah I was going to get to that. So given that's the case, that means at least for all in-app traffic, that's secured. 
And web browsers, of course, is the one, you know, side note there. But if you already have all of your traffic being secured via HTTPS, what, what, and this is actually more of a genuine question on my part. Where's the benefit of a VPN at that point then? If I know for, let's exclude in this, you know, discussion web traffic that could be unsecured, like on a browser. I understand that, but at least for like an apps where all traffic has to be over, you know, HTTPS, how much of a benefit do you even get from a VPN for securing those routes if outside of the geolocation stuff? Uh, the big leak there, the big issue there with, while all, basically all web traffic, most 99% of web traffic nowadays is over HTTPS. Everybody uses HTTPS because of the availability of free SSL certificates via Let's Encrypt. Everybody has SSL certificates. Every site is, is SSL. Uh, the problem still is DNS. You are still leaking DNS queries every time. So DNS is still plain text. So if you are on a public Wi-Fi network, for example, as like, you know, like a coffee shop, I'm going to keep using coffee shop as an example because it's probably the, probably the setting most people are familiar with. And probably, I get it. You're from Toronto. I get it. The I, I don't go coffee. to coffee shop. I get it. I don't even drink coffee. I know you got that free Tim Hortons. They're selling your data and you only got a croissant and whatever the fuck coffee they sell Tim Hortons. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, okay, so you're, you're, <laughs> in a co- you're, in a, you're in a coffee shop, okay? And you're using the Wi-Fi there because, you know, data is expensive. So you know you gotta save those you got you gotta save those uh, like bits like you know wherever you can right so, right yeah like I said the Toronto example where you're Toronto paying ninety dollars right? for ten megabytes exactly of data. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so you're saving data perfectly valid reason to use the Wi-Fi right so you're on the Wi-Fi uh, what happens if you're connected to the Wi-Fi without the VPN your all of your web traffic is gonna go over HTTPS that's great perfect that's that's perfectly secure right you know the network is not hostile the coffee shop isn't like out to get you. Right. right, right. That's the future liberals want. <laughs> That's the future liberals want. Uh, so the coffee shop isn't out to get you, but the coffee shop is probably sending, probably uh, in its in its DHCP configuration is giving you a resolver, like you know, talk to this local router to get get your DNS answer. So your phone starts sending all of its DNS queries in plain text because DNS most DNS queries are plain text. So you are sending these queries to whatever resolver the network has configured over plain text so that whatever resolver receives it can see all of your queries in plain text. And DNS queries can give a, give away a lot of information. Like It can tell you what a person is sort of doing because it's like you type in a website that results in a DNS query. If you, if you launch an app, it results in a DNS query. So it's like everything you do on a phone is going to result in a DNS query, basically. So it's like that traffic is is in plain text. So that is, so, and if you have a VPN and you're not leaking DNS traffic, all the DNS traffic is going through the VPN, which would mean that the the local the, the coffee shop Wi-Fi network will not see any any DNS queries. It's all HTTPS. It's all via encrypted VPN traffic. So all the traffic leaving the leaving through their access point is is, is VPN encrypted traffic. So that is one reason to use uh, a VPN is to secure DNS. So if you wanna, if you wanna, you wanna, you don't trust the Wi-Fi network in that way, you're paranoid about DNS queries leaking, which which is possible in some in some locales. DNS is often used to filter stuff, right? DNS is often used to censor active active censorship, uh, like blocked domains. Uh, you, you, if you want to bypass blocks like that, uh, school networks. 
uh, if any, I don't know if you have any people who are in high school listening to our podcast, your school network, a school Wi-Fi network probably does some filtering. You might, you might want to bypass that for reasons. Um, so, you know, that's one reason. Especially in Florida. Oh yeah. Fuck Florida. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be searching. I don't know. You, you know, people search on Tumblr right back when they're in high school. They search stuff like, I don't know, L, L for L or whatever, W for W, you know, that kind of, I don't even know what people search nowadays. I'm you, old. you sound like, a but that's person. the kind of, you don't want that W for W traffic being caught up by your principal. I get it. I get it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are reasons like to be par- enough paranoia where you, you use the VPNs and sort of like, it, it might not actually help you that much, but you, you use it regardless because it does sort of close up certain avenues of traffic inspection entirely, right? So if you trust the VPN provider, that is, that is the big one, is if you trust the VPN provider more than your ISP, so if more than your local network, then yes, use the VPN. If you're... Can, can, since we with VPN providers, can you go off on how zero logging is doesn't mean shit? Like, you know, they always they be like, like we we have, we keep zero data, but you pass data through... It, it just sounds sketchy. So, uh, so, the, so the thing is, uh, with VPN, commercial VPN for consumers, right, is that you are essentially trusting that the VPN provider says what, like, is is being truthful about what they're saying, which is like the which is what it says in their privacy policy. The, do they what do they log? What kind of logs do they have? What kind of consumer what kind of uh con- customer information do they have to store do they store? Uh, usually the the biggest biggest like thing that they store is probably payment information. So if you're paying with a credit card, they probably just have a token and a name. Uh, might not even have a name. They might just might have, might have like, a, if you're using Stripe, they probably just have like a token. Um, and then they use that for like regular billing or whatever, right? Like, or if you, some, I know some, there are some VPN providers that let you pay through cash. You can literally send them an envelope in the mail with your account number and the cash and they'll accept that as payment. Uh, if, if you really want to be like 100% anonymous, you know, um, but it, most most people are not sending cash in the mail like that. So I'm, I'm imagining most people are paying through their credit card. So you know, you your your credit card information is available to the payment processor, which like Stripe or whoever else. And the VPN provider has like a token, and they also might have an email address. Some some of them don't. Some of them are do not use email addresses at all. You can you can set up an account without any email address. You just get a you get a randomly generated account name. Like, for example, I know there are like two good VPN providers that I would, I can recommend. This is not a sponsorship. Chaser Brown is not sponsored by any, any VPN provider, as far as I know. Um, as far as you know, exactly. Yes, yeah, as as you, know. <laughs> you got to trust that we're not sponsored by any VPN provider. And this, these are my personal recommendations from stuff I, uh, I, I know and from people I trust. Uh, IVPN and Mulvan. I was I was I was using Mulvad as a, as an example before, and they are they are very low. In, like when you sign up for Mulvad, you don't even have to have give them an email address. You literally, like you you literally have you you, you create it when you create a new account. All you get they generate a, a randomized account number for you. Then you add time to your account, and that's where the information comes in. Where you might use like a credit card, right? But that's it. That's that's all the information they have, right? So, and reasonably, I would say you're you're transiting all your traffic through a VPN provider. I would say 
at least use a paid service. Because if you use a free VPN, they have no incentive to, they do not have any incentive to not steal your information or data and sell it. No, no, no. Listen, I'm using 123 VPN to watch my 123 movies. You know, that is, that is, that is the perfect way for me to get malware. And that's what I'm about. So if you're going to use a decent, if you're going to use a VPN, a commercial VPN, there are, as we mentioned, like actual like reasons to use one for any, whatever reason you, you might have. Uh, use one that is reputable and has, it does not have a free tier. It does not have a, this, read their privacy policy, actually read their privacy policy. For like, this is one of the things where I am often like, you know, who reads privacy policies? But like, actually read their privacy policy and see what data they keep on you, right? For example, with Mulvan, right? Like, I mentioned payment information. So if you pay with Stripe, Stripe charge ID, expired date, last four digits of the card, card type, and origin country. That's the information they have, right? Um, so if you use PayPal, you have transaction ID, sender name, origin country, and email address. So PayPal knows who you are. So, like, you know, you read the privacy policy, make a judgment on that. And, you know, I would say Mulvan and IVPN are the two, two commercial, like, consumer VPN providers, I would, I would say, are reasonably worth using. Uh, and they're not expensive either. So if you're, if you're, if you're that, if you're price conscious, uh, like, it is not expensive. So I would say if you're going to use a VPN, use a good one. Um, which is none. Uh, that's not. I just I just gave two examples of good ones, bro. Like, what are you doing? Listen, I I I'm of the I'm of the mind that if you listen to the show, I trust you to use a VPN. But um, in general, most people don't need a VPN, so most people should use a password manager. A VPN is not an essential part of any infosec toolkit for regular folks. You are Jim. You work at Popeyes. You are not. I promise you, they're not sniffing on your traffic. I, 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 there are some places where if you're a normal person, their possibility is, I mean, some countries, some, some locales do active, active militia. Well, and luckily in those countries, you probably don't have an iPhone. Let's be real. Oh, you probably gosh. have an Android phone. Where but even, yes, I mean, even then the, a lot of the stuff I said about VPNs apply, like regardless, like the VPN leaks for iOS aside, like those, that, that is not an issue for you. You're, Using Android, but in, in, in even Android, like the other things about like VPNs apply, like VPN privacy policies. Um, you know, what are, what are you actually using the VPN for versus like what it's advertised for? What like speaking of the leak, going back to the leak about in, uh, the iOS VPN leak. Um, I have a workaround, and it's not the workaround the author of the of the of, of the, the Michael Horowitz suggested. Michael Horowitz suggested uh, it's kind of a he might have suggested buying an entirely separate router that is always connected to the VPN, and you connect to that router, which is which is not a solution that scales for literally anybody. Like I'm, that's a, that's a solution, yes, but it does not scale from like ninety nine percent of people. So ninety five percent of people, what I would say is the most of the traffic that's going to leak over the VPN is probably going to be like DNS traffic. So you probably want a DNS over HTTPS provider installed as well. So iOS that's, lets you do this is like you, you can install a VP, like a DNS provider, right? Uh, and Like Cloudflare is 1.1.1. Cloud, right? Cloudflare, Cloudflare is the example I'm going to give to people because it's available uh, for free. 
uh, and uh, Cloudflare is a reasonably trusted entity. So it's like you can use Cloudflare to mitigate that to trans to to use DNS over HTTPS to move all the DNS traffic over 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 HTTPS. So it just looks like encrypted HTTPS traffic. Uh, another provider on that front I recommend that I personally use is Next DNS. Next DNS is like I'm gonna I'm just gonna link that in in, in the document. It is like basically. Is basically like a pie hole in the cloud. Basically, like it's like a like a DNS resolver provider, which has like this control panel that you can use. It can like you can block like ads and trackers and stuff, right? It can, it can like uh, you can like have some analytics on what DNS traffic you're you're seeing and stuff like that. So go check it out. It, it they do like DNS over HTTPS as well. They have an app that integrates with the with the DNS over HTTPS API in in iOS, so you can use that and it'll. You'll like you can even you can, you can even configure it to not be not be using next like the HTTPS over over your if your local Wi-Fi your trusted Wi-Fi like a home Wi-Fi network you can you can set it to only be used on other Wi-Fi and cellular right like so you can, you can do that uh, I use it personally so that gets my like personal recommendation um, I use it like when I'm not on like I don't actually use consumer VPNs or even my personal VPN most of the time I just have the DNS sent over HTTPS. I think that is the biggest vector because as you mentioned earlier, all most traffic from apps, most traffic from websites, uh it's all HTTPS. So I don't I don't actually worry about traffic. Uh the only traffic I worry about is DNS. So that, that that's what next DNS is for. So that is our VPN segment. Uh if people have feedback, please do. Uh, I would love to hear what what do people. I, I mentioned common reasons for using a VPN. What do you use VPNs for? I know people, uh, corporate. Uh, if you work in a corporation, like you probably have a VPN for connecting to the corporate network. That's a completely entirely different set of requirements and and stuff. That's, that's a completely different thing. Uh, but let, I have something to complain about just before we hop to the next topic because I know you're going to get a kick out of this. My router does not allow me to set custom DNS settings. For IPv6 addresses, I can only it supports IPv6 perfectly fine. I can only change IPv4 DNS, so I could actually not use Next DNS at a router level because of that, because it would only work for IPv4 traffic. No, no, no. You can you you still can you still can use it. You just have to have a you have to have like a dynamic DNS host name so it knows what your IP is at any given time. That's, that's how that's how I used to do it. Um, so. You, you can't use it. You can't. You can't use it. It is. Just, it's not as good. It's not as perfect because you're gonna probably be setting the traffic over plain text to next DNS. So, but like you can't use it if you have a dynamic DNS hostname. You can give them the dynamic DNS hostname and they'll update like the your IP so they know which one your IP is if it changes, right? Um, so yeah, uh, you can't use it. next DNS is pretty flexible. Uh, you, can, you can you can use a DNS over HTTPS. You can just Send the plain text queries as well over on the board plain text uh, resolvers. So well, yeah, uh, I'm gonna look into this after the show. I, I, you, how come you don't tell me things until we're on the podcast? I do not know about next DNS until today. I, I, I don't know if you're like I, this is one of those things that like it's one of those things I it feels like only I care about and you don't. So I don't know. Like maybe maybe I mean I share with you all my microphone hell holes and I'm ninety. I know you don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> so true. Let's be very honest. You know what? You know what? No, I don't even want to fight with you. Let's let's both dunk on something in unison. Android thirteen. What's new? 
I don't know if we can dunk on it. Okay, okay, let's let's talk about. Uh, so there has been a new uh, a new major Android version. It's Android thirteen. Is there a fancy code name for this? Like, is there like a like a dessert, or is it just there is not? Did they, did they stop using desserts? Is that they a did? Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Android eleven. Oreo is the last one. God damn it, Google! Why why you gotta like have some fun? Come on. Uh, no, no, no. The reason was is because they're easy to pronounce in English. But other languages, right? Oh, it's a localization problem. Like it's okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like if you're like if you're say in I don't know, like out in you know some random Asian country, right, or like some African country, you have Android eleven Oreo. Like, how how do you translate that? Like, do you just try to get people to pronounce it in English, even though English is not their first language? Like, yeah, that's how, how do you do that? That's that, that is a bit that is a problem that doesn't really need to be solved. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not that important an issue. Yeah, I'm, I I didn't like the code names; they were fun. But yeah, I see, I see the localization issue. That that's that makes sense. Okay, uh, so Android thirteen, uh, it or it is right now only available for Pixel phones, right? As far as I know, only Pixel phones have uh, the Android thirteen release. As far as I, I'm aware. So it just released. Uh, it is as far as. As far as updates go, yeah, this is a, like a major version release, but it is very iterated, right? Like as with the previous Android release, I feel like we've been saying this for the last two years, is that these big OS releases have gotten a little bit more, uh, as these OSs have gotten more stable and more uh, mature, the, the big OS updates are more about small improvements, small quality of life stuff. Maybe some small design changes, design tweaks, like with Google. But like most of the time, it's very, very, very minor. Um, so you, let's talk about UI changes. Just I know you love material design. You're a big uh, Matthias Duarte fan. Uh, throwback. Really, really, it, it's about material you. <laughs> uh, material, material girl uh, living in a material world. Um, Material U. So, what is Material U? That is introduced with uh, Android 12, right? So, what what is what what does that actually mean? Is that like uh, is that like just custom? First, we have to describe oneself. You know, we have to, I think we have to describe really the meaning of self um, <laughs> it's not a from a podcast. from a from a gender perspective, <laughs> oh from a, from a visual perspective, but also from an emotional perspective. Right? I feel like all those intersect with each other. Um, you know. Really, it's the intersection of tracking software and smartphones. So it is about customizability, right? Like it's about changing colors and. Let me put down the blunt. Yes, it is a <laughs> custom. It is essentially the idea is you can set color themes, you can set icon preferences, and the rest of the OS um, respects it. Specifically in Android 13, there's a new icon feature where app has an icon, right? But then you can turn on like themed icons, and the icons in theory should follow you know the, the theme you have set of course Pete, it's android not even all of the google apps support it like go ahead and scroll down to the screenshot the yeah. one with the clock on it you yeah. see that you see the ones that are colored black and white and the other ones that do not yeah yep. so, like what's and of course yeah. google wallet of course does not support it because remember oh you know we don't get to talk about the messaging apps but we do get to talk about this google wallet was replaced by android pay and google pay which then got rolled into gpay and now is google wallet once again <sighs> Love, love Google. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, it's not consistent, but in theory, you know, I love how, like, in this photo, like, the author has, like, Telegram 
like be, between all the, like with the phone and the Chrome and the and the Gmail uh, in the in the in the bottom dock. And the Telegram icon just looks like the Telegram icon, but circle. Um, and it doesn't actually use the color, like the icon theme. So, you know, you're not, not perfect. You know, it's like, it's, it's like Windows. You know, it's an idea. Like you have, you have, uh, you have material you, but it's not a perfect, uh, perfectly implemented across the entire, entire ecosystem. So. You know, not yet. So you know, OS. It's I'll, only been around for two years. Only been know. around for two years. That's only been around for two yeah, years. But yeah, like, yeah. But it does look interesting. Like if you like, if you can like really have like a minimal locks, minimal like what is it called? Do they call them not lock screen? What's the apps like your app screen? Right? Like your front page or whatever. Whatever. I, I, I'm losing the. I'm forgetting the word for it. But like whatever you're like. Front page of apps, whatever you're on. Home screen? Home screen. How did I forget the word home screen? Anyway, uh, the home screen, if you just have like a minimal home screen with only the apps that support the icon theme, you know, that'd be pretty legit. Like that, that'd look pretty nice. You know, if, if you can like get everything to match, that'd look pretty nice. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for, for theming. That's, that's, uh, that's always good. Like to have like these kind of sort of customizability, um, iOS is sort of moving in that direction, you know. Uh, so, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. Uh, is there anything else with the system UI? Like, what else changed? Like the uh, navigation bar? Did the navigation bar change? Okay, so scroll down to the screenshot of the now playing widget. That, oh, God, it. Look at that. Look at that squiggly line. What does that look like? What the, is is that a Google engineer's idea or the Google designer's idea of like quirky? quirky fun design like that i i don't think that needed to be like why is that a why is that a squiggly line like what what's what's the the squiggly line of a circle at the end and i we are all 12 today because that yeah i know what that looks like but it's like like why is it like what is like like google google does i don't know i don't think any google designers listen to our podcast but if you do why why is that at the... google this is not what we mean when we say reproductive rights all right jesus <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. But, um, yeah. Like, I think why it's is, getting cut. That joke's that, getting cut. That, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a little bit. Like, why is it, like, th- that feels unnecessary. Like, a straight line is perfectly fine. Like, nobody's asking for you to, like, change the UI of the now playing widget. Like, what, what is, like, why is, that feels like one of those things when, when people say sometimes OS, like, I, like OS designers change things just for the sake of changing things. I feel like this is one of those things but they just changed it because some designer was like, it wouldn't be cool if it, if the, if the not playing screen, like where, where, where you can scrub through the, through the, the track, it's a squiggly line instead of a, instead of a straight line. Like what? Uh, I'm not like, leave, leave the not playing screen alone. Why is everybody obsessed with the not playing screen? Even Apple is like, like fuck, like messing with the not playing screen. Like leave the not playing screen alone. It's fine. You solved that problem like a decade ago. Just, just, just leave it. Just, it's fine. Uh, just update it for the new themes, but otherwise, just leave the UI as it is. Like I, I don't see a reason to modify that. Like you know, just straight up. Uh, also, what else? Like uh, what? Are, what are the, what are other big changes that about? Like did they change gestures again? Did they did they make changes to gestures? So there are actually some privacy changes, specifically the um, Android subreddit is up in arms because there is a new media files permission. That means that apps will have to ask for separate media types separately. And that breaks a lot of file managers because Google's, you remember scope storage? 
That's not like being forced fully now. So you have this new API plus scope storage, meaning you can, it's harder to do a traditional file browser. You might have to use like one of Google's own built-in ones. And a lot of, um, I mean, I understand why, you know, file management's important. You know, I won't, I won't disagree with that, but a lot of people are upset at these changes, even though I, I think it's one that had to be done from a privacy perspective, because the amount of people who are managing files on their phone is probably way smaller compared to the amount of apps that are just trying to steal data from people. Yep. Yeah, especially photos, right? I think the uh, the big one is the uh, the photo picker interface, right? Like iOS got a iOS has a photo picker interface where you can like give apps permissions to only select photos and not your entire photo library, right? And Android thirteen is all yeah. And, and like from a technical perspective, they're only past those photos you select to, and an app is using that. The Android thirteen is also receiving like this sort of like photo picker interface. So, and I think this is a good thing. Like as you mentioned, this is. Like this is a like a balance between like power user file management versus the privacy of ninety nine percent of your user base, and for Android, that's billions of people. So I I think like like literally, I think this is the right right move. Like and this is this is one of those I I'm I'm not like this is I'm I can't be like I use iOS like I don't even know if it would make sense for me to be mad about this. That would be pretty a little bit hypocritical, but like. It's it's fine. Like this is not like yeah, file managers will break, but like what do you like Android users are in our in our listener base because I know all of your listeners are like power users or somewhat power users of Android. What do you use an Android file manager for? Do you just call our did you just call our, our listener base tasker users? Jesus. Yeah, sure. Um <laughs> if you want if you want to identify that way, I respect it. You know, that's fine. Um like if you're an Android power user, like if you're listening to this, can you please email me or mention me on Mastodon and tell me what what do you you use a uh, Android file manager for? What do you use it for? What what's like the most common task that you do with the with a file manager on Android, like on your phone, on your phone itself? Like what do you what do you use that for? Let me know because I really don't know. I haven't used Android since the Nexus Five, so uh, I, I I don't I don't actually know what people use. Android file managers for anymore. Please tell me if this is like an if this is actually going to bother you. Like if this change in Android 13 is going to affect your workflow, your Android workflow in some way. Please, please let me know. I, I want to hear about your Android workflow. I'm actually, honest to God, asking about your ta- not your tasker workflow. I don't care about that, but your your file management workflow on Android. Um, if it involves tasker, okay, that's fine. But no, otherwise, don't don't mention tasker. Nobody cares about tasker. Um, I just missed off like with a word person. Uh, My pronouns are shorts and cuts. I, I think okay, bad jokes, very bad jokes today. Now, now there's some more Android 13 news. I think we'd like to talk about specifically notifications are not opt in, which took way too fucking long. Thank God that way it took way too long. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like what? Um, perhaps. The language options is a cool iOS feature that um actually I'm happy Android has. Um, PZ is actually cool in iOS. You can if you set if you add another system notification uh, language rather system language and turn off the system keyboard, you will still get spell check suggestions for that language. So I actually only have an English keyboard on my iPhone, but I have Spanish as a second language, and I will still get Spanish suggestions if I need us to type a word in Spanish. That that's pretty nice. Yeah, if for, multi- for people who are multilingual, right? Like that is great. Uh, so. That's that's good. Um, split screens. This is the thing, right? Like we're talking about, we're gonna talk about like folding phones and stuff. So 
So what is, did they like make some additions or changes to allow for better usage in the sort of... No, they added it in 12L, which you did not allow me to talk about, remember? We could have made big L jokes, but you were like, no, no one cares about 12L. So 12L brought a bunch of tablet folding phone changes. Um, 12L is literally only shipping on the Galaxy Z Flip. Uh, so that's, uh, or Z Fold rather. So there's not many other phones. Um, but yeah, so, you know, honestly, this is what we call a snow leopard release. That's what everyone's been saying, actually. And, and I would like to say, as someone who was around for Snow Leopard, from what I remember, you actually used Snow Leopard, didn't you, on your MacBook? I did. It was my first. It was my first Mac OS uh, release. That was that was the. I I I feel like people think this is more stable than it actually was. Like people always talk about how Windows Seven was the best release of Windows. I was using Windows Windows Seven came out. Windows Seven was kind of buggy until the first service pack. <laughs> I I think people get um. People get rose tinted glasses, obviously, right? Like people like look back, and you 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 don't remember like the problems, like you only remember like you know it was very stable. I mean, which which to Snow Leopard's credit, and also to Windows 7's credit, they were pretty pretty good OS releases for for Microsoft and Apple, respectively. Like those were like pretty strong. There's a reason people liked Snow Leopard. Even some of it is not just like people being nostalgic. I just think. It was a good OS, a good OS release, a stable OS release, and it it it, it did what people wanted, and it didn't crash. I like for, especially for Windows, that was a big deal because coming from like Windows Vista, where things were slow, coming from Windows XP, where like drivers are a nightmare, like you you would get blue screens of death all the time, you know. Like Windows Seven was like a refreshing, like up, like refreshing change of pace, you know. That's why people remember those releases more than they probably should. But like, you know, they're not. It's not like they were bad releases. And calling this and calling this release like Snow Leopard of of Android, I mean, that's that's fine. That's 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 a pretty high bar, I would say. But like, yeah, sure. Uh, I just hope iOS gets one of these Snow Leopard releases this year because I I, I don't want to relive iOS 13. I, I I don't know if people remember iOS 13. Um, I, I I sure don't wish to remember. Remember the mail app bands? Yeah, that's oh, done. Oh my! Oh my! Okay, no, we got a <laughs> we got Android thirteen, pretty solid. Pretty Ty, solid. Now, 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 speaking about things that are kind of solid. Um, I I lovingly named this segment for all the new Samsung news. Bixby is a dog with shoes, which it is. AI, AK plus five G. Not even jokes from our own podcast, but I still think they're very funny. So Samsung held another unpacked event where thankfully everything was leaked a couple of days in advance. So we did not need to actually watch the event. <laughs> yeah, do, do. And they yeah. announced a couple of new products, the Z Flip, the Z Fold, the Buds 2 Pro and the Watch 5 and the Watch 5 Pro. But that is not shipped yet. So you got some flips and you got some flops. And honestly, we could really just blast through the phones because they're really incremental updates, right? Newer processors reinforced hinge stronger screens and a little bit thinner and better cameras like honestly this is not me being dismissive it's just there's not much new with these they're just very incremental updates not much new. like i'm looking at the reviews and like it seems like like an iterative update on the existing folds and flip devices right i think the flip looks cooler to me than the fold personally i'm, I'm more into the flip uh because that purple it's that purple bro that purple flip looks really gorgeous personally in my opinion i wish it was a little darker but otherwise like you know it's it's a pretty good color and it looks nice it looks cool uh i still have, like uh, i mean it's still it's still a samsung phone so like i'm not not like into the like 
the software probably is probably trash, but let's be real. Like I like the idea of a folding phone, you know, uh, like a, like, like especially a fold one that folds vertically instead of, you know, horizontally, uh, like the flip, like the flip, uh, it reminds me of the old, uh, the classic Motorola Razor, uh, you know, so that's, that's, but yeah, otherwise it's like, this, this stuff is still very expensive, right? Like the, the Galaxy Z Fold 4 is like nearly two grand. It's like $1,700, So it's like very expensive. And I don't know if it's like, it's still early adopter days. It feels like for these, these devices, like it, it's it, it, like that, that price point is very, very early adopter-ish. I think the biggest issue is right. It's like no one, there's no Android tablet apps. So you just get very big phone apps when you open it up. That's still the issue. But at the same time, I mean, I understand the appeal of it. Um, I would honestly be more interested in a Pixel phone because I think at least Google then would be incentivized to update their own software for tablets. Um, 12L is actually not an L. It's more of a W. Um, so I had to get that in there. I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, the, the flip and the fold, the, the same thoughts we had from last year stay the same. The fold three, fold four does not support big, uh, decks, so obviously it's garbage. Garbage. You don't support decks. Garbage. Um, now that we're done memeing about these two phones, I actually do have some thoughts about the Buds Two Pro. Uh, the purple color also on these look really good. So that, that's my first thought. Yeah, but go ahead. I'm gonna start with the microphone. There's a link to some recordings out in the real world of being on a ferry in New York City, which I think is a perfectly great place to do buds. Because you can test buds in like an ideal soundproof room, but that doesn't help you, right? Like if you're in a room where actually it's been soundproofed and there's it's nice padding and it's low noise floor. Yeah, you're in a recording. You're like you're like you're like a recording booth. Yeah, like if you're like uh, anything will sound good there. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm happy that this is the this is the test they had. So I would say the buds too sound bad. Like the Bud Sue Pro, did you listen to it yet at all? Yeah, yeah, that's the, it's the, yeah, I did, yeah, I did a little bit. It was not. It sounds so bad. I this microphone is not good. So, I mean, this is I would say it's a it's a microphone for gamers because they usually have a separate microphone, you know, or it's like a, it's a head to earbuds for gamers. Uh, but I I also and I know you have some thoughts about this twenty four bit audio on wireless earbuds, I think is a waste of battery power, in my own honest opinion. It is. I I agree. I agree. I agree most. And it is a waste of battery power specifically because the human ear is not, is physically, is physically, physiologically not capable of distinguishing between the details in 24-bit versus 16-bit. Like our, our, our ears literally cannot like like do it like it's physically not capable of doing it so like 24 bit is uh, is only reason you'd use 24 bit audio files is for archival purposes like if you're archiving audio uh or if you're you're making audio like if you're if you're producing your your editing audio like if you're editing like a podcast file or you're editing like a music like a song um that's what you'd use a 24 bit audio to avoid losing fidelity Right. So you'd use a 24 bit source, like wave file or whatever. Right. So, but otherwise, especially for wireless audio and even for wired audio, 24 bit audio is, is just completely, completely nonsense. It's just snake oil. Like it doesn't, it doesn't actually give you anything because you can't actually hear it. And 
like, don't tell me that you can hear the difference between 24-bit audio and 16-bit audio. That's literally not possible. Like, it's, like, actually physically impossible unless you're, like, some sort of genetically engineered uh, superhuman uh, that that has the capability to listen to 24-bit audio. You cannot make out the difference. So the one of the things that was mentioned in the review was that 24-bit audio on this Galaxy Buds 2 Pro is limited to Samsung phones. And I'm just like, why is it even a feature? Like, who cares? Like, literally, like, the kind of people that are buying the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro do not care about audio quality in that way. Like, they don't. Just uh, I mean, sadly, you know that there's a group of people who really does care about this, right? Like, there totally is. They they don't... It's like, um... It, it, it's like people who buy displays based off of peak luminance and nothing else, right? People are like, oh, the brighter TV, the better. But when you think about it, sustained, if an entire screen is a thousand, it's brightness, your eyeballs would stop working, <laughs> right? It's like, uh, it's the marketing is a, it's a good marketing point. There are quote unquote power users that, you know, who they, they love. What's that app for uh, Android? He used to use it. He used to have your anime girl music in it. I remember he sent me the screenshots. The power amp, got your power amp going with the new, with the Samsung Buds. You know, Samsung Nights really mess with this, but overall at least from a the other perspective um sound quality seems great the design of it i still from the other time squishy buds and me don't mix that well but i am happy though that they're increasing the audio quality because at least from like a frequency response perspective that has been improved on it so at least you actually get better noise cancellation and sound quality there and the other downside though is no multi-point which is a little whack yeah which is that is a little actually that is more of a problem than like more of a problem than the 24 bit audio thing because like multipoint bluetooth is uh for people who don't know what what that means is that being able to stay connected to multiple devices uh at once and switch between them seamlessly basically so if you have like a bluetooth device you can connect to multiple multiple like say you have a phone and a tablet and you you want to use the buds with both of them right like this one doesn't support multipoint so you're going to have to disconnected from the phone connected to the tablet and the other way around if you want to switch right so it is not a it's not a good experience uh if you're like if you're going to switch between multiple devices it's basically a single device like usage like buds which is not not great for something this at this price point right like 229 to 230 like what how much is the airpods pro like how much is the other like but like yeah, two forty nine. I mean, the AirPods are two forty nine, so I think these are actually it's slightly cheaper. Like in this price class, sort of like two hundred plus price class of these earbuds, I feel like multi point audio should be like a like a feature that. Well, the AirPods Pro support like fake multi uh, multi point audio because if you have Apple devices, right, it will jump between. Yeah, them. that's true. I guess. Uh, I mean, what are like competitors in this in this price? But I actually don't know. Like there are like Sony earbuds, like. Like at this oh yeah, yeah the the um the WMF what um, MF Doom Mad Villainy two thousands or whatever, <laughs> Doom. um so yeah like I I, I the no multiple audio is kind of whack like that is actually like kind of kind of kind of lame I don't know why that is a problem why why is it like is it because they put in twenty four bit audio that they couldn't support multi part Bluetooth that would be very funny that would be extremely funny if it was like a thing where the chip cannot support both at the same time um. So, you know why? It's because they're not using that new Snapdragon audio, Snapdragon audio processor. Bro. Excuse me, what? Did you just make that up? Did you? Oh make my god! It? You don't know about this? Oh, 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 oh. What, what? What are we talking about? What is? What is this audio processor? Snapdragon audio. Oh my god! Let me pull it up here. Let me pull it up here. Remember, Qualcomm stands for Quality Communication. No, it's, damn it. Um, 
Where you go, Snapdragon Audio. Where is the? Here we go. There is. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's like a whole processing chip. Oh um, Apparently, Qualcomm owns AppDex.com. That's a website that exists. Isn't that like the Bluetooth audio codec? Like, isn't that like the? You are correct in that. And so here we go. Here we go. Snapdragon Sound. So basically, you could buy wireless headphones branded as Snapdragon Sound. Snapdragon Sound sounds like. It's it, it 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 just sounds so okay. It's just silly. Uh, but have you ever? Oh my god, the Snapdragon soundscape experience with Steve Aoki. Fuck Steve Aoki. He's into he he he's into NFTs big time. So fuck him. Um, fuck Steve Aoki. Uh, and his music is trash. Also, so let's let's go move on from that. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listen, the the Bear Dynamic Freebirds are Snapdragon audio. And those actually sound very good from what I've heard. I've heard nothing but good things about the Bear Dynamic Freebird. I actually don't know what that is. Is that like a earbud or like a... Yeah, it's a... Let me send you the Snapdragon sound link to that, bro. Snapdragon sound. I, Listen, I, everyone... I, I, okay, so I, I, I bet you some marketing person at Qualcomm thought they were very clever when they came up with, with the alliteration Snapdragon sound, but... Bruh, it just sounds so silly. Yeah, there you go. The bear dynamic Freebird. Freebird. Freebird is also a terrible name. Um, just, it's a very good Leonard Skinner reference. So actually, it is a very I good reference. It's a very disagree. good reference. I mean, it's a very good reference, but it's it looks it looks silly. Um, I didn't even know Bear Dynamic was making like earbuds. I thought they were like fully into like full size headphones. I didn't actually know Bear Dynamic. Also, can we just talk about the fact that uh, Qualcomm says? Low system latency. It's only 80 milliseconds. For listening to music, that's fine. But in no world would I call 80 milliseconds low latency. 80 milliseconds is my ping to like the US West Coast. Um, like 80 milliseconds for games would be pretty bad, right? Like for, for like if you're playing like a shooter or like, uh, or like, I don't know, like something where latency really matters, like fighting games, I guess, or something like that. Um, 80 milliseconds. So what is, so as far as latency goes with uh, Bluetooth audio, what is considered good? Like, what is a good number? What is Apple at? You know, the um, so actually the the mod mic wireless I'm using it is Bluetooth AptX with a special receiver, and they claim about thirty milliseconds. Um, AirPods are like fifty to eighty, I think, depending on AirPods Pro eighty. I think AirPods Max are fifty. Interesting, um, and it doesn't matter for music or for video, right? It only matters for for very latency sensitive applications like yeah like like mobile games of course listen when you're playing call of duty mobile i need those loot box opening sounds as quick as possible <laughs> we are going off the fucking deep end we should just what is this watch let's let's talk about what, this what watch, is, all right can we talk is, is this what is is this the running the tizen os or is what is what is it no no this is where where os 3 only where os 3.0 oh sorry no there is a new and i i honestly i don't know how to say it mont blanc it's like some french shit you're from canada you should know better than i there's some Mont Blanc watches, and then there's also this that runs Wear OS, the new Wear OS. Mont, Mont Blanc it sounds like a Swiss brand of, of, of watches. I, I don't really know anything about a watch. Mont Blanc sounds like a slur, just to be honest. I don't like saying that word. It sounds like a French slur. It sounds, it, I, I think it literally means Mount White. Blanc, Blanc means white, I'm pretty sure. Mont, yeah, but listen, if mountain. someone came up to you on the street and was like, yo, Mont Blanc, I'd be like, what the fuck you say to me? You know what I mean? Like I would be, I, I would be in fight or flight mode. Um, it does sound like a slur. And French people, 
I will not apologize. Uh, you all can go fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, more than just to cut out of the podcast. So basically, the Samsung Galaxy Watch 5. It's a lighter design. It's more durable. It has some new accessibility features. It's cool. Uh, battery is only about a day or so, which I do agree that for things like the Apple Watch that now, honestly, we should start looking at multi-day battery, especially since the processors aren't getting faster in these. We They should start putting that that efficiency gains into battery life. Um, the upgrades are minuscule versus last year's, but I do like the pink color or the purple color, rather. The purple, the, the purple, the purple that Samsung is sort of doing between uh, the, the- the phone, the the flip, the the earbuds, the the color, uh, the the watch, like it's. It, I really like this color. I wish, I, w- I wish Apple would. Uh, Apple would make a iPhone in this color. Um, did did they make the iPhone thirteen, uh, purple edition? Wasn't that a thing? Isn't that like almost the same color? Like is, isn't that like the isn't that like the? It's a good purple, so I don't really care. But yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's make more purple phones, uh, everybody. It's 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 a good color. Let's let's do it. So that is Galaxy Watch Five. I don't really have anything to say about it, like other than the OS. Like, is like, is the OS any good? Honestly, I'm just waiting for the Pixel Watch. You yeah, know, Pixel, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, Pixel Pixel Watch. But it's like you good. have to be in a Samsung world. You know what I mean? Like, you use S Health Self. You know, everyone's favorite app. Snotes, Smail. You you just got to use Sape. Um, you just got to use all those Samsung apps. So I would never be I if I was ever to go back to Android, I would want to use Google stuff on like a Pixel. Yeah, uh, 100%. Like, you know, I want to, I want to see, uh, is, is the Google Pixel Watch rumored to come out this year or is this? No, they already announced it's coming out later oh, this year. Oh, okay, 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 cool. So we, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that whenever, whenever it comes out, I'm sure. Uh, so that'll be exciting. So let's wrap this, let's wrap this up before we go further off the rails uh, and, and start dunking on random European countries. Um, as so always, you can find us talking about the new Google Chat apps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say you can find show notes for this podcast and all the rest uh, at twoshadesofbrown.com. You can send us an email, uh, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Do let us know what Mont Blanc actually means. I think it pretty, I'm pretty sure it means Mount White, but I don't actually know. Uh, do let us know about your Android. Uh, file manager workflows, as I asked you previously. Uh, and also, please let us know if it's appropriate for Pusha T to name his next album Mont Blanc. <laughs> he will do it. He will 100% do it. He will do it. That's a very Pusha T album. That is extremely a very Pusha T album name for sure. He he tries to make everything about about uh, cocaine. Uh, so it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, you can you can find me on Mastodon at PacketCat at 10forward.social. Uh, you can, uh, where, where did uh, people find you? Uh, just love live sadly has been like, because apparently some exclusivity agreement where it airs yesterday in Japan and then Crunchyroll gets the actual show to sub as soon as it finishes airing in Japan. It's like a two day delay, but love live has been good so far. Episode to drop tomorrow, uh, for me to watch, um, through other means, of course, because we don't pay for Crunchyroll in this household anymore, but we don't got to talk about that. That's why I need my VPN. There you go. And that's why I'm about to set up next DNS after this. Uh, but yeah, you can find me. You can find me DNS posting at uh, Chosefine <laughs> at uh, Chitter.xyz, uh, Chosefine on Twitter, Chosefine.website, where my DNS is never the issue. Until next time, bye. Bye. Holy shit. DNS posting.